Welcome to the Damn Recruiting Podcast with your hosts Marcus Greaves and Adam Nicholson. We have a ton of great Oregon State content coming your way. Let's get this thing started. Episode number two of the week. What's up, everybody? It's another episode of the Damn Recruiting Podcast with your host, Marcus Greaves, Adam Nicholson. The sun is shining. I'm in a great mood. I hope you guys are, too. Adam, how you doing today, man? It is a great afternoon <laughs> across <laughs> the realm of Beaver Nation. Uh, Dude, I'm doing great, man. <laughs> you know, we're double dipping this week, and you can't go wrong with that, right? Absolutely, and before we uh, we kind of go over the agenda, what we got today, I'm going to get a little serious with you guys. I don't get serious too often. Actually, I do, <laughs> I guess, but I just want to give my shout-out to you guys. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I honestly thank you guys so much. Uh, you guys have certainly supported me from the very get-go. I know for a long time, this podcast probably was absolutely just devastating to listen to because I know I was probably like, uh, and er, and well... Um, I mean, I guess if, uh, I, uh, yeah, I know it was probably really bad. I, I go back and listen to it often. And, uh, sometimes I'm like, I give these people so much props. Like if I had a million dollars, I would pay all of you listeners as much as I could just because it was really brutal. You guys stuck with me through the growth. I'm not saying I'm absolutely perfect. Don't get me wrong. I listen back sometimes. I'm like, oh my goodness, why do I keep saying the same things? But from the bottom of my heart, I thank you guys so much for the support. It's been great. Um, if it wasn't for you guys, I, you know, not even being in the position of not only having the podcast, not working for Blitz, but even being able to get a job at Coin because something that they told me was, you know, we're really impressed about kind of your podcast, how much kind of feedback you get from the uh, from the listeners. Seems like people really like it. So I don't want to take credit. You know, I can't take all the credit. I know I worked pretty hard to get to where I am now, but I have to give you guys just the same amount of credit because I wouldn't be here without you guys, so I really appreciate it. You guys have been with me through it all. Uh, Beaver Nation and listeners, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. But, all right, let me wipe the tears. And then, <clears throat> Adam, <laughs> I, I, have hey. give a, I have to give a shout-out to you too, Adam. For real, man, this has been – it's been really fun. I have to give a shout-out to Angie as well. The podcast has kind of taken off, and it's something that's really cool. It's the fact that you guys love Oregon State. We love Oregon State. We love to kind of throw in our two cents, even if it makes you guys mad sometimes, um, which I'm sure it does because sometimes it makes me mad, but it is okay because I know for a fact every single Thursday that I get to wake up and do this, man, it's really a blessing. I really love doing it. Um, Even if sometimes I don't sound like it on the podcast, I certainly try to bring that energy and give you guys kind of a little light at the end of the tunnel for your day. So I have to give my shout-out to you, Adam. I have to give my shout-out to Angie and all the listeners. Thank you, guys. Hey, you got to be doing something, right? I mean, you're moving up to TV. You've been on the radio. Um, it's been great to be able to get on here on a more regular basis and be able to just spit it with you, you know? Yeah. And uh, talk about talk about shop, essentially. Talk about the things that we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And uh, – it's great, and I love that we're getting damn questions back and involving more of the uh, listeners out there. Um, 
And all I got to say is this is going to continue to grow, and uh, I'm excited about the future. I'm definitely excited about your future, and, um, you know, it's great times. Hey, appreciate that, Hopefully. man. Don't don't make me tear up. We're done with the serious talk. <clears throat> All right, <laughs> hey, wiping the tears. Let's get after it then. Yeah, let's what let's we get got on deck today. Uh, so what do we got? We have uh, we got, a, we got Coach Thompson got, hopping on the damn hotline. Am I right? Yeah, we got him on. We're gonna talk a little men's hoops. Uh, talk about Trace and Ethan coming back and kind of a new blood uh, coming into the program. Um, well, we got next level. We're gonna talk about Latrell Bankston. You're going to break down some film a little later and kind of also just kind of incorporating that talk of the, the future of the defensive line, where we see things kind of progressing uh, this fall and as well as the influx of talent coming in as part of the 2020 class. We got Alex Lennon and uh, Taven Shippen coming in. And how does Latrell Bankston, if he, if he decides to push to Oregon State, how would he fit in? I think that's a, a big talking point right now is kind mm-hmm. of how things are going to be controlled up front. Um, and we are still efforting Coach Chatterton from women's basketball as well, so we'll have a little little discussion on that as well, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if I don't know what we're waiting for, man. Let's just hop right into the defensive line talk because football season's around the corner. I'm excited for it. You're excited for it. So let me get your thoughts, Adam. So if it comes down to this, say <clears throat> we get Latrell Bankson, right? So then you have mm-hmm. three of the top JUCO defensive linemen going to Oregon State. First of mm-hmm. all, I don't know – what you think, but that would be a complete 360, man. 180, it doesn't even matter what angle you throw at me. The fact that you could go from basically having such a struggling defensive line, and I'm I'm not saying they're going to have to come in and, you know, it's going to be easy for them, but it's the fact that those, those three guys are talented, man. So mm-hmm. if you get all three of them, that's a three-headed monster. As an offensive line guy, or offensive line guy, as an offensive player, especially as a running back, man, if I saw those three lined up against me, this is the first thing that you do is you break down. Before the play, you obviously break down. First of all, you look at what side you're going to. Um, then from there, you're kind of like, okay, the blocking scheme is, okay, going this way. They're going to double here. Then he's going to, you know, maybe maybe this guy's pulling, whatever the case is. But after that, you're like, okay, so where is this going to go next? And in the back of my mind, no one will say it. No other running back will say it when they're playing. But in the back of my mind, I was like, ooh, I don't want to run to that side. Ooh, look at that guy. Look at that guy over there. I that, guy's, wanna... that guy's a monster. Yeah, I was like, oh, my goodness. That guy looks like he's from a monster from Space Jam. I don't want to run that way. So it's kind of – What was that guy from Baylor a few years ago? Oh, Sean Oakman. Huge. Yeah, that's a yeah. – that, see, yes. Perfect example. No. Don't want to run that way. But sometimes nope. you got to do it. <laughs> I remember against Stanford, hey. there's a couple of times where Solomon Thomas was, like, staring me down. I was like – well, I'm not going to be the soft one here, so if I have to run into him as hard as I can, I'm going to do it. It's not going to feel good, but I'll do it. Same thing with Vita Bay at Washington. It sucked, but I did it. Uh, but just in general, you know, those are the kind of things that you look at as a running back. So you have a three-headed monster like that. It's going to be extremely hard, not only for a running back to kind of pan out where he's going to go, but he has to keep in mind the fact that the play is certainly, and like I always say, the play isn't going to go 100%. Like it's not going to go. It's not going to be a domino effect where it's just going to be perfect. Everything's going to fall in line, but it's the fact that the whole play is probably going to be busted from the very get go because those three are going to absolutely dominate their competition. It's something that I'm super excited about because just the fact that if you have a dominant defensive line, and you've seen it, Adam, you've seen it before all over. Look at Utah. Utah has an absolutely dominant defensive line. And that's the only reason why, you know, they were even in the Pac-12 championship game. If they had some sort of offense, they would have won that game. But they were absolutely owning UW 
at the front of or at the uh, in the trenches, and that's exactly what it has to be. So if Oregon State can control the trenches, especially defensively, you instantly see whatever our defense was ranked like 120 something, right? Wasn't something just crazy? Yeah. You'll see. Okay. I I have no doubt in my mind that. you would see that jump up to at least top 60, top 50, without a doubt, because yeah. you have really good talent. You have guys who can tackle in open space. But like we have been saying on the podcast for so long, it's such a domino effect. If the defensive line isn't occupying the offensive linemen like they should or they just get pushed out of the play completely, what's going to happen is then the linebackers have to basically overstep their boundaries, try to make a play. They're not going to make the play because if you're getting double teamed or you have a polar or someone's coming for you on top of basically it's a wide open lane for the running back, it's going to be too hard to make that tackle Hence why there's so many missed tackles because the arm tackles, right? Because you're already getting blocked when you shouldn't be. And it's just making the reads harder. That's why the plays have been messed up. And that's why someone like Jalen Moore led the defense in tackles at 107, which, don't get me wrong, that's great. That's great for for Jalen Moore because that's that's freakish. That's an unreasonable amount of tackles. But what is one thing as a defensive, at least a defensive coach, is you never want your safeties to lead the team in tackles. And that's exactly yeah. what's happening. Man, so too many bad. people get into the second level. Yeah, absolutely. And so you get a three-headed monster like that, man. It's going to make everything so much easier. I think Coach Tibizar would be licking his chops if he got those three guys because it's going to make a lot of the defensive schemes way easier. Guys are going to feel more comfortable. Guys can make more plays because they're not going to have to worry about extra assignments, basically, and extra people coming at them. And then – they can just have fun, right? You can just get back to doing your job. And I think that's something that that hasn't been able to be done at Oregon State for so long is, okay, I have to focus on the tight end. So I'm only going to focus on the tight end. But how can you only focus on the tight end, you know, if you're getting blocked by a tackle? At the same time, you're like, okay, well, the tight end is is going out on a route. I'm the the outside linebacker, but I'm getting blocked right now. So I have to somehow get off and then try to go to the tight end. By that time... The tight end probably already caught the out. He probably got six or seven yards just alone on the catch. And then from there, no one's in the area because you're playing, man, that's your guy. And then the other receiver probably runs the safety off or maybe the corner, whatever it is. And then that's when they get the extra 15, 20 yards on like a third and 18. And you're like, what's going on? We had them dead to rights, right? And then obviously they come up with the big play. but. Let me get your thoughts, Adam. What do you think this is? What What do you think this would mean? Do you think it's a complete, yeah. just three sixty, or do you think it'll? It might take a little bit of time. I think it's a immediate fix. Um, anytime you're recruiting for JUCOs, you're looking for that immediate type of guy who's at least going to factor into the rotation. A um, little bit different if you're recruiting a kid who's like a three by four eligibility wise, um, but if you're going for a two by two or even a two by three, you're looking for that you know, that athlete to come in and play significant minutes. And, you know, I'm looking at the roster right now, and, you know, there's there's good depth this upcoming fall, I feel like, up front. But you look fast forward to 2020, it's great depth. Mm-hmm. Once Alex Lemon, uh, Taven Shippen uh, get into the program, you have the possibility of a Latrell Banks then getting in there, who are all top ten, top seven prospects in the entire nation. Uh, Juco prospects for this 2020 cycle for their position, but then you combine them with, you know, Isaac Hodgins is going to be a junior. Um, Keyshawn Dawkins, who I think is kind of a sleeper athlete right now, 
when he signed, it was always a projection. Hey, you know, he's not going to be the type of kid who's more than likely going to come right in and make a difference. Give him a couple years to continue to grow into his body, and uh, he, he definitely could be a rotation guy. He'll be, what, a redshirt sophomore um, come 2020. You got, like I said, Hodgins. You got Evan Bennett, who's the true freshman, who's going to be playing significant minutes this time. Then you also factor in somebody like Jordan Whitley, who's going to be uh, applying for that sixth season, that medical redshirt extra year, who has the possibility to come back for that season, too. And you are looking at a significant upgrade on that front, you know, the front line there that we haven't seen in, I don't know, since Crichton and Dylan Lynn were lining up. Mm -hmm. So, which is hard to think. That's, you know, going on almost 10 years now. Um, So it's, or I guess, you know, at least, a half dozen. Um, it's it's really good to see that growth and the uh, ability to grow within the program, and also influx it with the the talent that'll be able to contribute immediately. So I think it's the sky's the limit for that front. Yeah, front it really line. is definitely. And I think what we've seen so far, at least from the Oregon State defensive line, is. I think that there's times that they've truly just these guys alone, not the guys who are going to show up or are about to show up or already signed, but just the group that they have right now. I think the biggest thing for them was just being in shape and kind of finding that depth. It's kind of hard because they weren't, they just didn't look like they were in shape. And so when you don't look like you're in shape, what are you supposed to do? Right. Come halftime, you're dead tired. Trust me at halftime, you're you're going, you're going to the locker room and your legs are torched. And then you have to come back out and play another half of football. It's just hard because they try to rotate the guys in and in and in and out and out and out, right? We've seen that plenty of times. That's where you you can see it because when you watch the games, you're like, my goodness, why is that guy running off the field so slow? Because he is absolutely gassed. There is like Mm -hmm. no – he has nothing left in the tank because they don't have that kind of – that backup, those, okay, we can put this group in and they're still going to be productive, right? And I think that's what Coach Tibizar saw was there was so much, you know, okay, the first group, they're not – absolutely elite but what they can do is make a is make some good plays and then from there where are you going to go okay well now we'll go with our backups who they sometimes make plays but not always okay well these guys are gas too so let's put in the third guys who basically don't do anything right and i'm not trying yeah. to, i'm not trying to be rude or nothing like that or disrespect no players but it's just true right it's the fact that if you're a third string player you're their third option for a reason you haven't went out and made mm-hmm. the plays that you need to make and so that's why i'm saying is that there has to be – there can't be a drop-off because the bigger the drop-off, teams see that, right? We've seen it at Oregon State. It's the fact that as an offensive player, as a running back, you'd sit in the film room and, you know, I remember Coach Lockett, even when I was with Coach Riley, they're, you know, they're looking at the at the film saying, okay, look at this. You run three – if we can keep the drive going for two – or for, you know, if we can hold the ball for, let's say, you get two first downs. How about that? You get two – Perfect first downs. Then from there, the guy, the group is just going to keep substituting in and out, in and out, in and out. And then the defensive line is going to be dead. They're going to be toast. That's exactly what we did against Arizona when we beat them like 56 to 14, right, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we did. We saw the defensive line was so out of shape. They just they, they couldn't keep up. And so if we got two first downs, we knew we were scoring. And that's exactly what we had mm-hmm. to do. So those, you know, those – plays in between the two first downs, we were making sure we were just crisp. They were going as well as we could, and then we had to pick up that second down or the second first down. Because if you do, then that's when you know, you know, that's when it kind of went off your shoulders. You're smiling a little bit saying, okay, these guys are gassed. You could tell. We would watch the film. 
you know, they have their hands on their knees, the coaches are yelling at them to, you know, stand up straight, don't show them your weakness, whatever people say, right? And yeah. that's the kind of stuff. Yeah, that's the kind of things that team saw with Oregon State last season. And so mm-hmm. the more talent that comes in, the deeper they can get. They have some great players already. I saw Elu not too long ago. He looked, I was like, Whoa, you're skinny. <laughs> not skinny, but you know, I'm like, whoa, you look athletic. Right. We yeah. already know what Hodgins is gonna bring, Whitley's gonna bring. There's just a lot of guys, not to mention you have the outside linebackers, you know, Andre Hughes Murray, you have Hamika Rashid, um, Avery Roberts coming in, Addison Gums, yeah. we can't forget all these all these guys, right? It's just Don McCartan. Mm-hmm, so much talent is there. It's really there. It's just the fact that now they kind of have the horses is kind of what we've been using as an example. They didn't have the horses in the stable. And I think now mm-hmm. this upcoming season they'll have that. I mean, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. This is a long – it's not that long away, but it's kind of long away. That Oklahoma State game is going to be fun, and that's something that yes, I cannot tell you enough how excited I am. It's going to be unreal. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. I mean, hopefully hopefully we see some blitzers there, and hopefully you listeners will be there because I still have to make my rounds. Like I always say, I'm not a beer guy. <laughs> I'm really not. I've tried. I don't know the difference between uh, – Actually, never mind. I don't want to say that. I was going to say I kind of like those. <laughs> I was going to say I like some ciders, but I don't want to sound, you know, soft or something. Hey. But Hey, man, I like my ciders, too. So. All right, yeah. No yeah. Well, if no that's the case, then I like the ciders. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, but um, I really hope you guys are there. That'll be that'll be super fun. It'll be great. I love just talking football with everybody. Um, so I'm still waiting for you guys yeah. to send me, like, a direct message on Twitter or on something, hopefully. I, I keep kind of throwing that open offer, like basically like please invite me because I don't have anyone else to tailgate with, and no one has hit me back up yet. So if that's the case, if you guys really don't want to hang out with me, then that's okay. You guys just have to say that. But <laughs> hey, Well, I know Angie and I were talking about something last year. We'll have to talk it back up again this year about uh, maybe doing a tailgate of the week for Fever Blitz and that kind of stuff where we, we all kind of make our rounds and – spend some time with the uh, the listeners and stuff. So yeah, that we'll would... definitely work on that. I I just can't believe we're two weeks away from media day. So that's kind of what kicks off everything for fall camp. What was it, so, two weeks away? Yeah, I think it's like the 31st. Whoa. It was the 31st or the 23rd. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, it's it's coming up quick. My I know goodness. that much for sure. Oh, well, uh I need to get with the times, man. <laughs> I'm falling behind. This coin stuff, I got to stop like milking it and stop being so excited because I'm like, whoa, I got to go to work next week. Uh, that was some good. That was some good football talk, man. We, it's always fun to kind of chop it up. Obviously, when the season comes around, um, we'll talk. You know, a ton of football, but yeah. we're gonna have to get an or- uh, Oregon, an Oklahoma State guy on here sometime. Hopefully, we can do that. Kind of talk about the matchup as well. We got a ton of great stuff. At least come season wise, what we're gonna do, but. Um, Adam, that wraps up our football talk, man. So um, yeah. let's hop in to next level. Let's do that. All righty. Hey, it's time to go next level. While we're talking about the defensive line, we might as well dissect uh, Latrell Bankston. He's that defensive tackle out of Hutchinson, Kansas uh, Community College, originally out of the uh, the ATL down there in Georgia. Um, he checks in at six foot one, two hundred ninety pounds. Um, he was part of the official visitors group towards the end of June. 
And I think, you know, I have a a crystal ball cast in favor of the Beavs, so I I like their chances here. He tells me he still wants to visit Arizona and Boise State. But if he were to pledge for the Beavs, Marcus, what do you see on his film that you like? Well, the first thing that stands out to me is just his athleticism. I think Coach Smith is – uh, and we keep saying it. I, I, <laughs> I really think we do say it every single time on the podcast, especially with defensive guys, is they are trying to find guys who can run sideline to sideline. And it's so important to find those kind of guys because we've seen in the past, if you have lazy linemen and linemen that can't run side to side, what's going to happen is that after a running back, receiver, quarterback, doesn't matter who, a ball carrier gets past the first line, the defensive line, it's kind of like they're ineffective, right? And as a defensive yeah. lineman, or a defense, I think you want your lineman, obviously, to be able to run a guy down or, um, you know, if he gets five yards upfield or past a defensive line, you want a guy to be able to kind of change direction and go get him. And I see that in Bankson's film is he's a guy that can run side to side. The dude is strong. <laughs> Absolute yes, group again. And I really like that, Adam. I really like defensive linemen who um, kind of just have that bull strength. But mm-hmm. he has the effort, and I think that's the biggest thing that stands out between all of the defensive linemen that Coach Smith and his staff have kind of been trying to get is you get guys who uh, give you that extra effort. That's Those mm-hmm. are the biggest plays, right? Because everyone's film is going gonna, is gonna to show why they're good, right? You can find anybody that will get you know 10 sacks on their highlight film, and you're going to say, wow, this is crazy. But it's the fact that he has that extra effort, that second gear where, and all these defensive linemen that we've broken down, that's what they've had, is that second gear, the extra effort, the fact that if the ball doesn't go to their side, they're not giving up on the play. They're running the ball down and getting the ball carrier. And that's super big. Um, the dude is too hard to block with one guy. Like like you said, sitting at six foot six one, two ninety five, that's a bowling ball. So if you get him up yeah. to speed, there's no chance. And that's super huge, especially when – Say he gets past the offensive lineman, and a lot of the time in blocking schemes, say um, maybe the center, maybe the guard, maybe the tackle, no matter where he lines up on the line um, and who's ever facing him, like I was just saying, is once he gets past that first line, who is there? It's the running back. And being a running back, I 100% understand what it's like. Sometimes you just have to take it on the chin, and by taking it on the chin, it's not like you're stopping him. Like you just have to try to get in his way. He's going to bowl you over basically is what I'm trying to say, and that's exactly what I see in Bankson's film is the strength, the fact when he gets past that first line, it's basically you have to try to run away from him because if he is even close to you, he's going to get you. And he changed, He has actually really great hips, which is something I didn't really I didn't really expect. I really like mm-hmm. that about him. And just the fact that if you have great hips, he can change direction, like I said, run side to side, 100% effort player, but also has the strength. That's a great combo. That is a great combo, Adam, and uh, I don't want to say his game is raw because it's not, but it's just the fact you see he's so much stronger than a lot of the guys he goes against that think about just, you know, think about when he gets to Oregon State. If he even has an offseason to train, even if mm-hmm. just a simple offseason, his game is going to be so polished. He has – it's not yeah. a physical thing, and um, by the you know by the film, it's not a mental thing either. It's just the fact that you just have to put in a little extra work on your game to really – hone in on your skills, and if you do that, or if he does that, my goodness. I'm telling you, I couldn't even yeah. imagine a defensive line that Oregon State would have with all of those guys. I really couldn't. It would be, like I said, a complete 180, 360, like I said earlier, whatever angle you want to throw because yeah, it's just – it'd be unreal, man. I mean, he – I would say maybe the only thing he has to – or he's going to have to work on is just having that 
a couple of moves. Kind of like what we said with Junior Walling is you just need a, a couple moves in your arsenal to be ready because when yep. it comes to one-on-one, you can, you know, you can outbrute the guy, you can uh, you know, have maybe one or two consistent moves. But if you can get that three or four consistent moves range where every single time you know you can beat your guy with one of those moves, then I mm-hmm. think that's just a, it's a whole different ballpark for a defensive lineman. And it really is. And, I mean, there's no one who's going to be able to block him, especially in the Pac-12 no. who, you know, that's it's something that we see a lot from – um I would say that we saw from Oregon is they had someone, Jordan Scott, he's still there, their defensive tackle. The kid is a great defensive mm-hmm. tackle. And something yeah. that, you know, it's hard to do is stop a guy who's maybe not the tallest but has a great motor, is athletic, and what are you supposed to do as a defensive lineman? You just have to push your guy back. That's the biggest thing is if you can push your guy back two, three yards, maybe even a yard, the play, the play is already broken. So it's the fact that yeah. – the guys that he's going up against are always, always going to be on the defense, right? They're never going to be the aggressors with him, and I really like that about him. So, yeah, that's what I got, Adam. What do you got? What do, what do you like about his film, man? You know, I see nearly a complete defensive tackle in the eyes of you know the evaluators. I see a guy who gets up out of his stance quickly, is in the backfield. He's he's got the explosion. He's got the speed for his size. Um, he's also got the strength. He was telling me, you know, after his uh, his visit, how much how impressed he was with the weight room. And I do believe he he throws up like you know four hundred pounds or something like that on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, something something just nutty. But the one thing working against him, and is probably the reason why you know more of the SEC type schools on um, taking a pass as of right now is that height. You know, he checks in at six foot one. Um, and I think that plays into the benefit for Oregon State. I mean, the kid's got all the skills to be not only a contributor, but a, a starter at the Pac-12 level for Oregon State. And I think they could be getting a steal if he were to pledge for, you know, for the orange and black. Yeah. Um, you know, if he's six three, six four, there's no way he's getting out of SEC country, in my opinion. I think he has the the, the tools to be highly successful. Um, you know, I just think it kind of plays into the uh, the bee's hands right now, and hopefully they'll be able to secure a commitment before this fall. Mm-hmm. It's in, always, in my opinion, yeah, it's always crazy to me, man. The fact that <laughs> it's it's a size thing, and right, if you're I don't know if you're six foot, two ninety five, like Bankston, right? And mm-hmm. you're a defensive lineman. They're not going to take you because they want you to be two inches taller. Get out of here. Yeah. That's 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 crazy to me. If you have a guy who is an effort player, I think if you get any defensive lineman guy who is just an effort player, you have to put him on the field and you have to take him because yeah, it's it's so unbelievable how great a player can be and. Players really die, live and die by strictly effort sometimes on the defensive line. Someone like Scott Crichton. Scott Crichton's effort was crazy. Dylan Wynn, Oregon State, effort crazy. Yep. Kyle Pecco, effort crazy. What happens to those guys? That They go to the next level. But you see the guys mm-hmm. who don't put in the extra effort and the guys who, you know, if the play doesn't go to their side, they're not running him down. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. I always say it. I'm not just saying that this kid is an effort player to, you know, hype him up on this podcast for you guys. We're saying it because it's the fact that a defensive lineman, especially almost 300 pounds, shouldn't be running side to side as well and as fast and making the plays that he's making. So that's why I'm saying it's a huge steal. He should easily have double-digit offers. The fact that if it's probably 
his height, then I don't even care. I would take that kid 11 out of 10 times if he if he's on yep. the board every single time I'm taking him. You know, he fits kind of the mold that we've seen in the past of successful defensive tackles at Oregon State. You look at, like, Curtis Coker, mm-hmm. Stephen Pyle wasn't exactly the tallest guy. He was 6'1", 6'2". Um, but Bankston kind of fits that mold of, you know, he, he tends to get looked past because he doesn't have the measurables by some of the bigger schools and he, you know, more or less falls in Oregon State's lap. Um, you know, right now his offer list is 14 schools, but it's – but the big players are Boise State, Oregon State, and Arizona. Um, you know, he's got Charlotte and UTEP and, you know, some other um, group of five schools that are in the mix. But, um, you know, you really haven't seen the, the breakthrough outside of the, the three schools that I mentioned there um, from the Power Five ranks. So, yeah, you know, we take, we'll take we take an under-the-radar type guy like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, without a doubt, easily. Yep. Um, Adam, do you have anything else to add for this next level? No, I think it's time to move on to the damn hotline now. All right, let's do it. All right, everybody, our first guest on the damn hotline is the legendary Syracuse basketball legend, I should say, Coach Thompson, assistant basketball coach. How are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. Enjoying the day. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for hopping on. So I think we're just going to dive right into it, Coach. So Ethan is back, obviously. Trace decided to return, that's huge for the basketball program. Absolutely huge. Um, can you just talk about that real quick, kind of what that means for next season, what that means for the Beavers? Oh, well, it means everything. When you got two conference guys, type guys coming back to, to the program with the experience that they have and what they bring to the table on and off the court and in their leadership and their production and, and, and every aspect. Uh, facet of, of what they bring is just, just tremendous for our program, and um, uh, we're, we're definitely thrilled and happy to have both of those guys back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it seems like that's probably going to bring some some big time momentum. If anything, I mean, you got you got some great players, like you said. Not only do we know what Trace and Ethan can both do, but you hit on it perfectly is that they're leaders and it's kind of just, you know, it's something that once I saw that both of them returning, I kind of sat up in my seat a little bit. I was like, Oh, okay, nice. That's what I like to see. Uh, things are, you know, things are going to go well for Oregon state next season, but uh, Adam, what you got for coach? Yeah. I just kind of wanted to touch on that again. Um, you know, stepping away from being a coach, you had both Stevie and Ethan going through the draft process. What was that like as a, uh, their father, you know, what, how involved were you with their process, and uh, what was that like? Well, you know, it, it was. First of all, it's, it's you, you, you know you want the the best for your kids, and um, um, this is a, a, a goal of theirs to play in the NBA and to thrive in the NBA. And so, seeing them both now get to this point where they're in the mix of it and they're in the process of. of trying to reach their goals is it's an exciting time and, and it's a little nervous time because you want things to fall their way and you want things to happen for them so um but as a dad i was i was happy at how the process went for both of them um they got a lot of positive feedback a lot of good things said about them and a lot of things that um you know, to show that they have a chance and have an opportunity to play at the next level. And now it's just time, it's just about that time putting in the continued work to make the, your dreams come true. Definitely. And Steve, you got some time down there in Dallas then. How's he, 
you know, with the, the summer league kind of wrapping up, what's his, uh, you know, plans kind of moving forward? Have you had that kind of conversation with him? Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, there's a few things happening. I know uh, he has a meeting today with his with his agent, uh, his, uh, with BDA Sports. Um, and so it's just kind of, you know, this is a kind of a process. He went through the summer league, uh, uh, and he's got a lot of positive feedback, uh, you know, from that uh from that process as well. So now it's just the next step to see what the next move is in terms of where he goes to play, where he goes to work out, and what he what he does next. So it's a step by step kind of process. And 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 the one thing he's doing is continue to stay ready by training, working out. You know, uh, he's gotten a lot bigger and stronger, and, and things of those nature. So he just. Just you know, really thriving in this moment and, and putting every, putting his best foot forward in in this moment. Absolutely, hey coach. Here's a here's a little question that might catch you off guard. I know you probably get asked this all the time, but and you know you don't have to be humble when I ask you this. But mm-hmm. who is the best player out of the three of you guys? I have to know because <laughs> because every time I see, I'm like you know I we went back a couple times and and watched your highlights. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, Coach Thompson was a baller, but then I know Stevie. Mm-hmm. And I watched Stevie play, and I was like, man, I don't know. Stevie can just score a will, man. There's, there, I don't know if there's anyone who can stop him. But then you watch Ethan, and you're just like, he's just crazy athletic. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's too much, Coach. You have to, you have to let yeah, us know, yeah, man. Yeah. Who is it? Well, i tell you what. There's been, throughout the years, there has been so many wars in our drive. <laughs> and, I mean, two guys are going into the house bleeding and for this, you know, the need in the thigh. My wife is having to, she has to uh, take care of everybody that goes into that house. So I, to, to answer your question, right now, I can't beat anybody. So they're going, they're, they, those guys will whoop up on me. And, and to be honest with you, when they play against each other, we can never get a game finished because it's so physical and so much hacking that I have to stop this game before somebody gets hurt. We can't get to – we never can get to the finish line and just, but just to answer that equation. <laughs> but I will tell you what, I know I know who's on the bottom of that chain, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least you'll take some pride Excellent. in it, Coach. <laughs> hey, yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. We, uh, we really appreciate you hopping on. Coach, we'll go. We'll yeah. uh, we'll let you go. Um, go enjoy okay. the rest of your day, man. And thank you so much for yeah. hopping on. And not only do we appreciate it, but the listeners appreciate it so much. So, thank you so much, Coach, and have a great day. Thank you, and I appreciate you guys having me. And I do it anytime. All righty, we're back on the damn hotline. Joining us right now, we're shifting gears over to women's basketball. We have associate head coach Jonas Chatterton on with us today to talk a little women's hoops. How you doing, Coach? How's the summer going? I'm doing well. Summer's been great so far, and uh, looking forward to wrap it up here. And we got some things ahead of us coming up as well. So exciting Absolutely. stuff. Yeah. Hey, coach. Hey, you guys got oh, what? Italy coming up, right? Oh, yeah. Right, we do. So yeah. we've got our, uh, this year is our foreign tour, and so uh, we'll be back in uh, first part of August here, and then our team will be back, and we'll start. We can get, have ten practices before we head out uh, for Italy uh, at the end of the month of August, and so we'll go and. Uh, uh, over to Italy and play four games over there and uh, get tested. But uh, more than anything, spend time together as a team and grow together as a team. Absolutely. Hey, Coach, uh, before I you know ask my question, if you guys 
if you guys have a you know room for one more, I don't know, maybe you need like a water boy, just let me know and I'll be there. But uh, uh, <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> hey, coach. So after the you know after last season, last season went you know pretty well or extremely well. I shouldn't even say pretty well. Obviously, we know our women's basketball team; they're phenomenal. Um, always have a lot of momentum going for them. Kind of talk about what it's going to be like next season in a way. How are you guys feeling with the players you have returning? Um, you know, obviously, I would say the base of the team is still there. Just kind of talk about that. Well, yeah, I mean, coming off last year, which we thought we had a great year, another good year of getting the Sweet 16, and uh, obviously there's some games that we wish we would have could uh, had different outcomes. But for the most part, we felt really good about our year last year and what we accomplished. And, uh, you know, moving into this year, we're super excited about, uh, obviously, the pieces we have coming back. I think um, – Michaela Pivik's turned herself into a star uh, in the country, and then Destiny uh, and Aaliyah really elevated her game. And then, you know, we get Kat Tudor back this year, which Kat's as good as anybody in the country of shooting the ball and, and making plays. And so, obviously, super excited about that um, and where we're going. And then, you know, with our uh, other uh, seniors, uh, Janessa and Maddie coming into their senior year and uh, now being through the experiences they've been through, and then uh, you know, no one was playing as well as Taya Corzell on our team at the end of the year. So, obviously, the group we got coming back is super exciting. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the freshmen that we're adding to the group um, will really, I think, make us dynamic. And, uh, you know, I, I think we have a chance to really be special this year if we can put it all together and uh, our, our team can come together and play well together. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you brought up kind of the new pieces there that are uh, – now on campus, and Taylor Jones, Kennedy Brown, and is it Yelena Mitrovic? Yelena. Yelena, my apologies. Oh, um, you know, they're, they're names that have, um, you know, we've covered them at Beaver Blitz throughout the recruitment, and they're definitely names that Beaver Nation is well familiar with. How are they adjusting, though, going through the bridge program this summer and kind of taking that next step into training for college ball? Uh, they're doing great. You know, uh, Yelena uh, hurt her knee uh, playing with uh, the Serbian team over there, and so she's coming back and but rehabbing and doing well uh, and is starting to get integrated um, with school and everything else and obviously coming across the country. That takes a little more time uh, sometimes, but she's doing fantastic uh, and is doing well. And then uh, Taylor and Kennedy have been phenomenal. And, uh, you know, it feels like they've been part of the team for two years because they've been committed so long. But, um, you know, they're – just such dynamic post players and there's good post players as we've had in our program uh, incoming uh, for a long time. And, uh, you know, they give us more of a, a dynamic post player in the sense of we, it kind of is like Marie, they're able to handle the ball and shoot the ball and do a bunch of different things. And so, you know, we've been able to have some uh, early workouts with them and uh, that has been phenomenal. And uh, we're expecting great things from both of them and this year, and obviously yelling as she continues to get healthy and uh, get back. So, yeah. Excellent. You talked, you know, about Yelena playing for the Serbian team. Um, Michaela and Destiny and Aaliyah all got to represent um, the USA, playing for Team USA this summer. And Jasmine got to play for Team Australia. What does that kind of mean for the, the program as far as visibility and that experience that they're able to gain in, in playing internationally? Well, it's just outstanding experience for all of them. And so uh, super excited for Jazz to go over and play with Team Australia and the university games, which they won, and, and she got another gold medal, uh, which is, uh, you know, amazing. I mean, most people go their lives and don't get one. She's got two gold medals. So uh, 
so amazing experience for her. And as she continues to grow and, and gain confidence as a player as well. And so uh, very happy for her and the, and the way she was able to play over there. Um, and then as far as the other three, you know, it's kind of funny. Destiny had been on USA radar, and she's actually going back out with the three-on-three team um, here next week. She's doing some domestic stuff with uh, USA basketball in a three-on-three. So uh, that's a great opportunity for her to continue to grow. And then Aaliyah playing with the three-on-three team that she's now been kind of all over the world. She was in Russia, and I think she's got one more trip to France, I think she said, coming up. But, uh, you know, those experiences you can't recreate. And so getting to play against great players throughout the world and gaining confidence that way in their games as well as uh, who they are as players and playing with some other great players is is phenomenal. Um, and then, you know, Mick, I think, leaves for training camp uh, this weekend, I believe, um, for the uh, Pan Am team. Um, and, you know, what a great story uh, Mick and those guys are. You know, Mick was completely off the radar of all this USA um, basketball stuff and has developed herself into – now making a, a national team in a sense, you know, with the, uh, the Pan Am team. And so um, I know they're expecting uh, good things from her, and she, she'll go and represent us well. We know that as a, as a program and, and our country. I mean, there's not a better representative than Mick. And so excited for her opportunity and to get to play um, in that level. You know, it's funny, she, over there she'll get to play against potentially uh, three other former Beavers. You know, Allie Gibson will be there with Puerto Rico and then, Jamie Weisner and Ruth will be there with uh, Team Canada. So, all great experiences for all of those guys. Definitely, it's it's amazing to think of how far um, the women's basketball program has come under uh, you know Coach Ruiz, Tulidge, and yourself and the rest of the coaching staff to have how many now in the WNBA? As right, a, as, as I'm right now, Sid's on TV. They're playing. Uh, the Dallas Wings, and so he, you know, Sid started today. So yeah, she's playing great, and Marie's doing really well as well. That's it's crazy. Amazing. That yeah, that's just absolutely <laughs> amazing. Uh, man, yeah, that's, that's great. But uh, hey, Coach, we really appreciate you hopping on, my man. We uh, we'll let you go. Um, but I know that not only did we enjoy it, the listeners are gonna love it too. Thank you so much, Coach. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys around uh, as we in our season here and uh, coming back after. Get Beaver Nation back out to Gill. Absolutely. Thank you yeah. so much, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Guys. Some great guests on the damn hotline, Adam. I'm excited for men's and women's hoop next season, man. It's going to be fun. There's a lot of good returning players, but it's the fact that, man, men's basketball, you got Ethan, you got Trace, you got some newcomers coming in. Jared Lucas is obviously coming in, too. That's huge. I've been raving about that guy. I know you have as well for a long time. And women's basketball, it's like – it doesn't even matter who we have. I just feel like we win, <laughs> and yeah. I love it. Hey, that women's program just continues to plug and play. I mean, it's one superstar after another, and right now they got they got three formidable talents on that team right now that are, you know, hey, they're all playing for Team USA right now in one form or another. So it doesn't get much better than that. And you have a couple budding stars probably in Kennedy Brown and um, – you know, Taylor Jones coming into the mix. And it, I think the future is bright for the women's team. Men's team is going to be, you know, it's going to be a make or break season, I think. And mm-hmm. um, with Grace and Ethan coming in, coming back into the fold and you got all this new blood, um, I'm really excited for uh, Peyton Dastrup, too, to kind of 
you know, he had to sit out last year after transferring in from BYU to see what he can do. Um, kind of man in the middle there yeah. for the team, him and Kyler Kelly. Um, you know, obviously, I think the women's team's probably, you know, set to at least make it back to the Sweet 16. I know they, they feel that they are better than that even um, and are ready to contest for an Elite Eight or even Final Four appearance, national championships, that type of stuff. The men's team, I think, you know, it's they better make it to at least the NIT. Yeah, really. But, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think they have the, yes, it is. And I, I think they have the talent to, to really kind of, uh, you know, make a splash this year. It's just going to be – how these uh, the new blood kind of transitions and gets how how quickly they can pick up on the game and if a, a point guard can emerge mm-hmm. for them absolutely which I think I think someone will it's going to be interesting to see yeah. like we were saying but man we should just be excited man we got we got a lot of good stuff yeah. going for us a lot of stuff rolling um, Oregon State's way but uh, Adam let's wrap it up man this is uh, this has been yeah. fun this is a good episode I really liked it um, again. Like I said at the very beginning, I can't thank you guys enough. From the bottom of my heart, um, I hope you guys don't think I'm just sugarcoating and I'm being about as honest as I can be. You guys have really been a major, major factor in the in the in the fact that I've gotten this far in this industry, and I'm just gonna keep going. Um, I know you. I have you guys' support. Uh, this podcast will obviously keep going. We're gonna switch that over to Coin. I just have to iron out the rest of the details, but I cannot give you guys enough thanks for what you've done. Um, Adam, you got something to say before we roll? Hey, just big thanks to uh, Coach Thompson, Coach Chatterton for joining us today on the podcast. Definitely look forward to having him on again. Marcus, as always, man, it's always great chatting it up with you. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Damn Recruiting Podcast. With your host Marcus Greaves and Adam Nicholson, twas a great Thursday. Yeah.